I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another fabulous day in the Lord's Neighborhood, and welcome to another episode of Coffee, the Bible, and Page. I'm your caffeine-imbued host, Page. Here's my coffee. In the beginning, coffee. Low. It was very good. Well, we've just finished up the Gospel of Mark, and now we're jumping back into the Old Testament, and we're going to be reading the story of Joshua and his exploits. Um, just to set the stage, Moses has led now the second generation of people who came out of Egypt to the edge of the Jordan River. And God has told Moses that Moses will not be going into the promised land and God takes Moses home. Joshua has taken on himself the mantle of leadership for Israel. And Israel looks to him to be Moses' replacement. And he's getting ready to take them into the promised land. And that's where we're starting today. Now, uh, before we get started, though, I just want to remind you why I'm doing this. Uh, I'm not trying to attract, honestly, this is, it, it sounds so silly, but I'm not trying to attract an audience with this podcast. I'm not trying to grow an audience with this podcast. I have one audience in mind. It's the audience of one, and that's the Lord. And I have just discovered that by making these podcasts, it has become a point of accountability for me, um, knowing that I have to get up early in the morning, do my devotional, this, and then post it, 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 is what it's the primary vehicle that God is using to get me up in the morning and to do what I used to never do. Read the Bible, think about it. And my methodology is quite simple. It's based on Psalms 1. Blessed is a man who delights in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. The word meditate means to mutter aloud or to talk to yourself about it. That's what you're seeing here. So I'm not going to be doing any deep dive into the original languages. There will be some, but not. Uh, I, I used to just love and adore that style of studying the scriptures, and I still do. If I have to, when I have time, I'll do it. But I fell into the habit of thinking that if I didn't have time to really go in deep into the scriptures, then I didn't do anything about it. I didn't do it at all. And this devotional is God's answer to that. So as I read the scriptures, I, and I'm going to think with my mouth open, because that's a tagline here, thinking with my mouth open, I'm just going to be allowing God to hit me with whatever he's going to hit me with as I read a chapter. Now, having said that, 
Got one more thing to say. Um, I have been seeing my mind circle around this thing, this concept of being chosen by God this last uh, uh, this last several weeks as I went finished up the Gospel of Mark and as I'm getting ready to go into Joshua. I just keep hearing this phrase being chosen by God floating around and I've been really wrestling with that. What does it mean to be chosen by God? And without going into uh, my predilection towards reformed theology and election, we can all whether or not you agree with reformed theology on that topic, you can agree with this, God chooses. God chose Israel. God chose Israel to be the light on the hill. God chose Israel to preserve his words, his thoughts, and to take his message into the promised land. God chose Israel to be the vehicle through which ultimately Messiah would come who would bring salvation to everybody. The thing that's puzzled me is that God chose Israel, but yet in Israel there's there's two groups of people. There are God followers, and there are people who are not God followers, and some who are outright enemies of God in the midst of being part of the chosen people, in the midst of being part of the chosen entity of Israel. And we see that in the church today, don't we? God has chosen the church now after the first century to take his message, his words, his ways into the world. And the church is comprised of folks of the same, cut from the same cloth as the people who belong to Israel. There are people who are God followers and there are people who are not. So when we look at Israel and their exploits, especially now since they're a new nation of Israel, the second generation of Israel, as we look at their exploits as they go through their adventures, we're going to see people in Israel continually rebelling against God, continually turning their back on him, continually disobeying him, while at the same time there's a group, of, a core group of people that are concerned about keeping God's ways, concerned about following God. So I've had to lay aside my attitude of, man, if I'd been back there, I would have done that different. No, odds are I wouldn't have because there are sinners. In fact, we're all sinners. And some follow their sin, some combat their sin. So we're going to see that. God is going to do miraculous things for Israel, and we're going to see Israel continually turn their back on God. Not everybody in the nation turns their back on God, but there are God followers and not God followers. So keep that in mind. And put away that haughty attitude of, I wouldn't have done it that way. Ah, Odds are we probably would have. So having said that, let's look at Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. 
No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Don't you love that statement? I will never leave you nor forsake you. That message is to Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong. Be very courageous. Again, he says that. Must be important. Why, is, why do you think he's calling him to be courageous? <laughs> what is courage? Is courage never being afraid in the midst of a battle? No. Courage is being afraid and doing what needs to be done anyway. I remember when I was in seventh grade, I was bullied by this one kid. And uh, I was afraid of him. I'd never been in a fight before. And I didn't know how to fight. Uh, I wasn't good at it. And uh, and I was afraid of it. And he had hit, he bullied me. He did whatever he wanted to do. He humiliated me, slapped me, punched me. He did all sorts of things. And then one day it finally came to a head. And I swallowed my fear and I stepped forward and I confronted him. And I told him, at the end of school today, you and I are going to finish this. And I was trembling in my boots when I did it. But I noticed something. He backed off and didn't take me up on it. And I began to realize that a lot of times bullies are cowards. That was a huge time. That was a huge thing for me. I was courageous in the face of my fear. I did what was necessary. So he's telling Joshua twice so far, be strong and courageous. That must mean that Joshua's going to have reason to fear. Yeah, we're going to find that out. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. <laughs> Watch this next thing. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. All right. This, this is where I have an issue with the prosperity, what we call the prosperity message, prosperity gospel, folks. It's like they have defined success and prosperity in terms of money, possessions, and things. Prosperity and success has lots of different faces, facets to it. It's not just about things and possessions. Um, my dad, before he passed away, considered himself to have been very successful. He had hardly any money when he died, 
hardly any possessions. My dad would have considered himself very prosperous. Again, no money, no possessions, no lands, no homes. My dad measured success in a different to in a different way. And the prosperity folks that I've dealt with, the prosperity gospel folks, they look in terms of things and possessions as being the mark of proof of your obedience to God. And on the face of it, that's kind of look like what it says here, right? But that's not exactly it. That's not true. But he says, be careful to do everything in the law that you've read, that you've studied. Keep it on your lips. Obey it. And you'll be prosperous and successful. Well, that's prosperity and success is going to be different for every kind of person. I think I'm prosperous and successful, and I'm not rich. I don't own the house I'm living in. The bank does. Um, I have an old truck. Um, and yet, I think I'm the most successful person on the face of the planet because I have a wife who loves me. I have children who love me, grandkids who think I hung the moon. Ah. Oh. I'm really successful. I'm very happy and I'm very prosperous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. There was those words again. Be strong and courageous. This must be important. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Hmm. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. This had to be exciting. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. That had to be exciting. They're getting ready to begin the journey into their land, into what would become the nation of Israel. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, now they had asked Moses, could they stay on this side because they'd found land that was perfect for them and their flocks. He said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Then they answered Jordan. They answered Joshua. Whatever you've commanded us, we'll do. And wherever you send us, we'll go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. There's that phrase again. I think there's going to be a reason why Mo Joshua is going to have to be strong and courageous. So the key phrase here, I think, is that be strong and courageous thing, because that pops up all over the place, doesn't it? Joshua's getting ready to go into the promised land. He's getting ready to go take the land that God had promised Abraham so many generations before. They're about to see the fulfillment 
of God's word and promise. It's kind of exciting. What waits for them in the other side of Jordan? Of the Jordan? Hmm. Jericho. And we'll talk more about that at our next devotional. Ah, God has chosen Israel to do a mighty thing. God has chosen me to do a mighty thing. When I moved to Georgia years ago, uh, 91, 92, that would be almost 30 years, right? My mom laughed and she says, wow, you're back where it all began for us. Apparently my family came over uh, from England in the early 1700s and went from the Northeast and ended up migrating south to this area of Georgia where I'm now living. And from here went to all points west. And generations later, it ends up with my mother and father uh, being um, pioneers in Alaska, about as far west as you can go. And now here I am, back where it all began. And there's significance to that for me. Our families come full circle. And to the best of my knowledge, I think I'm the... uh, I think I'm the first Christian in a bunch of generations. I won't say for sure solidly about that, but I do know that I think that it's important that I'm reestablishing the Garwood name under the banner of Christ here in Georgia. I have God-fearing son, a God-fearing daughter, God-fearing grandchildren, and I have no doubt that the Garwood name will mean something in the future. And not that that's my ultimate goal, because honestly, we're only here for a short time. and I'm really only concerned that my name means something to God. And I really could care less what the world thinks about it. But nevertheless, God has a mission and a plan for the Garwoods. And my part in that plan is to come back here and establish my family here in Georgia. It'll be really interesting to see what God does with that. So in a way, I've come back to my promised land. Israel is going back to the land promised to them by God, to their ancestor, Abraham. They're returning to the land that God said would be theirs. I see lots of parallels here. And uh, I'm looking forward to see what happens next with Joshua. So until next time, ladles and jelly spoons, I'm Paige. Here's my coffee. I am out of here. Have a great day. Bye-bye. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither should my thoughts be your thoughts. You need to think for yourself.